If I was going to recommend one thing to help you be productive this week, this would be it. On today's show, my practice for the weekly review. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 180. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly show to help leaders improve their communication, strategy, coaching, productivity, and personal mastery. And today I'm going to be hitting on those last two in a big way, productivity and personal mastery. And as you know, if you've listened to the show for a bit, that every uh, few episodes, well, maybe every five or 10 episodes, I like to step back and to be a little more reflective and to really turn the the uh, spotlight inward, if you would, not inward on me per se, but inward for to challenge you that you would do that. And today, a practice that I have found to be helpful, and I'll walk you through some of the things I do, but my hope is, is that what I do is merely a starting point to get you started on your own practice for what you can do. And one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot at the beginning of the year here is being productive and staying staying focused on my goals. And uh, if you listen to last week's episode, you may remember me saying at the end of the episode that I had seen an article online that February was the month that dreams die. That was the title. And I thought, what a great title and read the article. And sure enough, it was about what we all already know, which is Everyone's excited about their New Year's resolutions and goals the first couple weeks of January. And then once you get into late January, early February, and certainly by mid-February, then things tend to change for a lot of people and a lot of us too, that we tend to get back in our old patterns and we forget about what we said we were going to do at the beginning of the year. And I have absolutely done that in the past. In fact, I would dare say that most years that has been my default pattern. And I have changed it up this year in a big way. And I am going to share with you today, what have I done that's helped me to stay more focused on this? And to give you a few examples that will help you to stay more focused on what's most important to you as well. And if you're willing to do that diligent work at this point in the year, there is so much that you can accomplish, that you can set aside time to do that will help you not only to be more productive, which of course is a important goal for many of us, but that we can be productive with the intention of also being able to be more present for the personal time that we all enjoy so much with our family and friends and time away from the workplace. And that's such an important part of this show. And what I think of when I think of productivity and personal mastery, it's not just being an effective uh, contributor in the workplace and being an effective leader, although that's certainly a big focus of the show, it is also being able to be just as effective outside of the workplace as well, too. And so uh, one of the practices that I have really zeroed in on, and I have heard about it for many years, and I'm sure many of you have as well, but is to take time to do a weekly review. And uh, it is a practice that was popularized first by Uh, Well, I don't know if it was first, but certainly made popular by David Allen of Getting Things Done. And uh, he recommends the weekly review as a process 
for taking time each week to think about what you're doing, what you're planning, how you're utilizing your resources, and then planning it out so you do that effectively. But the weekly review, uh, I know David Allen has a process for it, but I've, I've morphed it to make it something for myself because I've found in the past that although I would do the weekly review, what I would do is I would sit down and I just start looking at the week and I'd start working on things and I'd clear my inbox or maybe I'd arrange my tasks a little bit, but I really wouldn't look at it from a holistic strategic perspective. And that is today what I hope that you'll take away is to be looking at the time that you spend in planning from a very holistic perspective so that you can get the best possible results for your time this week and the investment that you're going to make in wherever you will be and whatever you're working on right now. So first and foremost, and by the way, I am going to be posting this process on a PDF on the show website. So uh, when you're done, if you're thinking that this might be helpful to you too, uh, you'll just uh, want to go on and download that from the website. Or if you get the leadership guide each week on Wednesdays, that link will be in there. So don't worry about having to get all this down. It'll all be there so you can use this as a starting point for your own weekly process. Now, the first and foremost thing is if you are going to start doing a weekly review to take some time to think about where you're going is to appreciate the importance of of it. And I think about this if I think about getting on an airplane and flying somewhere. I sure hope and and I I know I think for a fact that most of the time this happens that when the pilot is planning out the route that they have spent some time in advance thinking through what's the flight plan, what's the weather going to be like along the journey, uh what is the uh, what do the reports say about turbulence, uh, what is the arrival conditions like? Uh, checking out the airplane. They do that on a regular basis before every single flight. It's a regular practice that pilots follow. And the reason, of course, is not that a plane couldn't get to its destination if those things weren't done, but the planning, that 30, 40 minutes of planning or an hour or however long goes into planning a flight uh, for the on the pilot's stand, standpoint before they take off, is essential in order to make sure that the journey goes smoothly. And one of the things that tends to happen to a lot of us, me too, is when the journey starts to get a little bumpy along the course during the week is we abandon our plans and throw up our hands and say, you know what, I am going to do whatever I can this week to keep my head above water. Well, pilots can't do that because they're responsible for a lot of people. They are responsible for lives and safety. And so that's not good enough. They have to plan in advance. And we're all grateful that they do, those of us who travel on planes. But isn't your life just as important as that plane trip? Isn't your work just as important as that? Wouldn't you want to spend 20 or 30 minutes or maybe even 10 at a minimum of thinking through what's about to happen this week And how can I do a little bit of advanced planning to think through exactly what I can do to maximize how I'm going to use this time that I have this week, both professionally and personally? And so if you can appreciate the importance of that, of being able to take some time to step back and to make the investment so that the journey goes smoother throughout the week, I think you'll find that when come to the end of the week, 
you'll arrive in much better shape than you would have if you haven't. And I can certainly speak to that from personal experience myself and from many clients who have done this too. So step one, once you appreciate the importance of that, is to actually block some time to do it. And there are different philosophies on this. What works for me is to, I have it as a task on my weekly task management system that it comes up on Sundays and it is due on Monday. So I can start it as soon as Sunday evening, afternoon, evening, or I'll do it first thing in the morning on Monday. And a lot of times I try to get up early and actually do that before breakfast at the very latest is mid-morning on Monday. I actually turn off email, turn off the phone and sit and complete the weekly review. And I usually I usually expect that's going to take about 30 to 45 minutes to complete, and that's pretty standard for me, as you'll see when when we go through the rest of this list together here on the show. So the first thing is to book the time for it to happen. Now, for you, that time frame may not work. That works in my life and in my uh, professional schedule right now. I know people who do this on Friday afternoons, the prior uh, week. Uh, That's not a good time for me. My brain's usually shutting down by Friday afternoon, but that may work out well for you. I know people who do this Saturday mornings. I know people who do this even midweek or do a process a little bit throughout the week. But I do think there's something to be said for having a time that you sit down on a fairly regular basis that uh, even if you have to be a little flexible about when that time is during that window, that you sit down and you're willing to commit to do it. And for me, that is sometime between Sunday night and midday Monday. So to block the time to do that. And then what I do when I start this time is I turn off the phone, I turn off my email, I close all of my apps, I clear my desk, and I sit there and I open up one document. And the document that I open up is this checklist, the checklist that you're going to download on the PDF to show you exactly what I walk through in order to do my weekly review. So the very first thing that I do, and this is an idea I stole from Bonnie, uh, because we were doing some talking about this on the uh, bonus audio we provided for those of you who participated in Michael Hyatt's uh, course on five days to your best year ever. Uh, when uh, For those of you who subscribe to that, you receive that bonus audio that we did. And you may remember that Bonnie had suggested something to me that I thought was really great, which was, When you start planning your next week, think about what the week was that you just experienced and not just what didn't work, but what worked well. And for me personally, I always am going to think about what didn't work because that's just my personality. And I tend to zero in like many of us do who try to be high achievers in the workplace and in our personal lives. I always zero in on the things that did not work from the prior week. So for me, it's not important to list that out because I've already in my mind, I'm already thinking of that. But what I won't think to do and why it's on this list is list three to five things that went well this week. So when I pull up this document, I actually pull it up in a separate program Then you'll see when you download this where I can edit it. And what I do is under this bullet point, I write down, I type in, even though I know them, there's the act of typing it in and recognizing what they are. For me, it's helpful to realize that even when I have a crazy week, a lot of things went right. (laughs) And that's hard to remember in today's world because cable news, all the things in the world about instant media, we always hear about what's not working. And yet the, the reality is, is that so many things in most weeks for most of us go right and go 
well, and we all have accomplishments. And if we just focus in on the things that didn't work from last week, we will beat ourselves up psychologically in bad ways. And it's not worth doing that. After all, I've already done that to myself by the time I'm getting to the next week about what didn't go right the previous week. So list three to five things below that went well for the prior week. And if you do that as a starting point, that will give you somewhere to begin. And so when I wrote my list last week, I wrote down that I started my guitar lessons, which was one of my goals for the uh, year. So that was a great step forward. I uh, cleaned up one of the pages on the Coaching for Leader site, which is something I have been wanting to do for a while. Um, I also hit almost all my tasks last week, which almost never happens. It seems like uh, seems like that's always a struggle to hit everything. I get most of the way there most weeks, but I actually hit everything last week. Um, even though I was down for a day and sick, that was a great accomplishment. So, so that those are some things when I sat back and I looked at it, I was like, wow, you know, last week some things went really well. And if you can take the time to recognize that, you can then appreciate and replicate it going forward. And it builds your confidence that you'll be able to utilize this time that will help you to be even more productive for the coming week. So that's where I start. The, the next thing that I do is I read my annual goals. So this is something that I did as part of the Michael Hyatt course this year. And I know many of you in the community have done this as well, whether you've done it formally as part of a class or you just have written down what your goals are. Um, that this is, a, this is a thing for me that I've struggled with in the past. I've written goals often, but I won't look at them for three, four, five, six months sometimes. And so what I am doing this year, and I've been doing very consistently, is each week I read through each one of those goals so I know exactly what I said was most important to me at the beginning of the year. Now, let me say this. Don't let this be a stopping point for you if you don't have anything written down. And if you don't have your goals written there, that's okay. I would challenge you to take five minutes the first time you do this, maybe 10, and write down what are some things you'd like to focus on, what are some things you want to accomplish this month. You don't even have to go for the year, but just this month. What are two or three things that if you accomplish by the end of this month, you would feel really good about? Get those down, and when you start doing your weekly review, read through those each week, and that will be the starting point for you in beginning with the end in mind, which is the phrase that Stephen Covey used from one of my favorite books, which is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He said, the most successful, effective people begin with the end in mind. They look at what they want to accomplish, the goal, and then they work backwards from there. And you need to know what that is before you start. So whether that's a quick list of what you want to accomplish this month or you have your goals written out for the whole year like I do, either one works. The key is to know where you're going and to have something written down there. And it only takes you a few minutes to create. You probably know right now what's most important to you if you don't already have it on paper. And five or ten minutes will go a long way on getting it there. Now, once you read through those, what you're going to do and what I do next is determine the next actions to advance those goals. So when I look at that list each week, some of those goals are pretty big. So for example, I mentioned a moment, guitar, learning guitar is a goal of mine this year and getting way better at that and being able to play a number of songs for our family and for our kids. That is not a goal I am going to achieve in one week or one month, or even over a series of months. That is an ongoing goal, and it'll actually go way beyond this year too. So if I get 
thinking about all the things that I'm going to need to do over the next six to nine months to reach that goal, I'm going to overwhelm myself quickly and I'm going to do nothing. So what I write down under each one of those goals is what's the next action that I need to achieve that goal this week. And if I can schedule that next action and take action on it, then I have moved forward on that goal. It's kind of like the old adage, what's the best way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And you can do it that way. doesn't matter how large it is as long as you're making progress. So that's my goal for myself is to set that next action. And then once I have that list, I can't act on that whole list every week. When I've got that next action for all those goals, I just physically can't. I wish I could. But we just, none of us can do everything. So I take that list and I look at the next action under each of the goals. And then what I do is I pick three to five of the most important next actions for this week. And I take those three and I highlight them on the document. I go, here's, here's this one I'm going to work on this week, this one I'm going to work on, and this one I'm going to work on. And, and here's where I've fallen short. And I think that a lot of times other people fall short with too, is I look at that list and I want to do all 10 or 12 or however many are on there. And I can't. I just can't. It's not realistic. And anytime I've tried to do 10 or 11 and write them all down, I never get to it. But if I pick three, I will almost certainly get to it because as soon as I do more than you know five, I know that it's just too many And if everything's important, nothing's important. I've said that many times in the show, but I fall in that same trap too when there's too many things on the list. So I determine the three to five most important next actions for this week. And I narrow the list down to that. And the next actions for that I don't pick, those might be for next week. I may leave them on there or I may just clear them out depending on what is most relevant. So then what I'll do is I'll go into my task management system. I use OmniFocus and I'll actually flag those three to five most important things. Depending on what task management system you use, whether it's pencil or paper, whether it's a dry erase board, uh, a task management app, a service, whatever it is, whatever you can do to highlight those three or three to five most important things, that's key. And I continue to review those each week. And because there's only three, they stand out. I don't flag anything else. That's the only thing I flag in the whole system are those three to four to five Uh, most important next actions. And then my task list, of course, I try diligently, and I'm still working on this, and David Allen's been a good inspiration for me on this too, is to only put things on my task list that are really due for that day. So those are the only things that go on there, the most important next steps and the things that are due for those particular days. And then the next step in my checklist here is to remove previous flags that aren't relevant anymore. So for example, if I go in there and I'm putting my three on there and I realized, ooh, there's still one there from last week that I didn't get to, then I'll consider of whether or not that still needs to be on there or whether I just need to drop it. And more often than not, I drop it because if I didn't do it last week, I'm likely not to do it this week if I've already picked the next goals and I hadn't already thought of that. So I just leave that off and I'll figure I'll come back to that at a later time. But I want to make sure I've only got those three to four to five items that are still on the list. So I go through that, and then once I've done that, I do a full review of all my projects in OmniFocus, but whatever you use to review your tasks on a weekly basis, that might be mean reading through your paper and pencil sheet. It might be reading through your spreadsheet. It might be looking on your dry erase board. For me, it's going through and using the review function on OmniFocus. It might be looking over your full task management system if you use like Remember the Milk online. But whatever it is, is going through and actually looking at everything. Because if you look at everything, you will see what's 
there, what's coming, planning for the week, and it'll help you to make sure to anticipate those obstacles. Just like a pilot looks at the charts and sees the storm three hours into the journey, you can look ahead and see the storm of Wednesday afternoon that it will be and know in advance that it's not realistic to expect that you'll get anything done on Wednesday afternoon. And so that's a key, key part of being realistic with ourselves. So I go through and I, I review those. And then what I also do is I have a separate list for just some of my daily habits, not things that are tasks per se, but regular habits that I want to be diligent to doing. And one of them for me is getting to bed on a, at, a, at the right time. And the right time for me is 10 o'clock to make sure that I get enough sleep. And when I'm up early in the next day, I have slept well and I've rested well. So I use the coach.me service. And if you've listened to the show for a bit, you've heard me talk about Lyft before. It used to be lyft.do. It's now called coach.me. So that's the web address. And it allows you to track your habits. And so each day at the end of the day, I track which of those habits I did. One of them is get to bed at 10 o'clock. If I did it, I mark it off. If I didn't, I don't mark it off. And then at the end of the week, when I'm doing my weekly review here, I can go and look at the chart and I can see how many times that last week I did it. And if I did a pretty good job, I'm happy. And if I didn't do a good job, then I look at, okay, what do I need to do differently this week to make sure I'm hitting my weekly habits? And I pick one that's going to be my focus for this week. So for example, last week, speaking of guitar, my goal is to practice guitar a number of times a week. I didn't hit my goal. I didn't even come close last week. In fact, it was the one habit that glaringly was in bad shape from the prior week. And so this week, I have it written right up on my dry erase board. My weekly habit focus is to practice guitar. And so I'm going to practice 20 minutes a day. That's my goal for at least five days. So I've got that written on my dry erase board. And that's going to um, that's going to be my focus for the week. It doesn't mean I'm not doing the other habits. It just means that's the one that's top of mind for me for this week so that I can make as much progress as possible and I can reverse my downward trend that I had from the prior week. At least that's my intention. But just by putting the energy and the focus and seeing it on my dry erase board all week here in my office reminds me that that's something I want to do. And that that focus is different each week. So that I do. And then once I've done all that, the next item on the review checklist for me is to check the calendar for the next 14 days. So I look at my calendar and I look 14 days out. Now, here's why I do 14 days and not just seven, because I've run into the problem before where I've planned for a week um, I've uh, got the week up and running. I've got my system set. I get done on Friday and then I've forgotten or not really thought about what the next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday looks like. And sometimes there's some really important stuff happening or those days are blocked or something's going on that I really needed to have started to work on the prior week. And so it's important for me each week to go through and review this week's on the calendar, but also to look at the calendar for the following week. And especially with the podcast and all the other things I'm doing as far as writing and Dale Carnegie work, um, I really need to look at and, and if I've got meetings, I need to block out time this week to make sure I get ahead on my schedule. And then finally, at the very end, once I've done all of that, then I block in my calendar any relevant time that I need to specifically focus 
time and energy on one project. And I actually work to keep this at a minimum because during the day, most of the time I work off of my task list. Uh, the task list has the things on it that I need to do that day, the things that are really due. I work off of that and the things that are flagged, those most important items that I already mentioned a few minutes ago. And those two things are really top of mind for me throughout the week. I work the plan. And I love it when Tim Stringer came on the show a while back and talked about holistic productivity. And he quoted David Allen from Getting Things Done. And he said, uh, from David's quote, the there's only two problems in life, knowing uh, knowing where you're going and knowing what's the next action. So I've already figured out where I'm going during the week. So when I pull up the list anytime during the week or I'm thinking, okay, what do I need to work on next? I just pull up the list and I look at it and I'm like, okay, that's the next thing on the list. And I'm going to accomplish that. So that way it is very easy for me. Now, I mentioned that in the context of calendar time, because if there is something that does have to happen at a very specific time, for example, an appointment with a client, which happens often. So I need to book time for that, of course. But also, if there is something that I need to work on at a specific time, and I absolutely have to work on it at that time for some reason, I will put that in my calendar and I will block that time. Uh, but other than that, I work off my task list for the week. So that is the overview. That's what I walk through and do each week. And that does take some time. It takes a half hour to 45 minutes each week. But if I do it diligently and consistently, which I have every single week this year, there's one time this year I got to Wednesday and I still hadn't done my review, but I still did it on Wednesday because it was that important to make sure my next few days went well. And I would challenge you to do this as well. So here's the list again. First of all, is recognize the importance of doing this and then block the time to make it happen. If you block the time to make it happen, that will get you started on this. List three to five things that went well last week and then move on to start reading your goals. If you have annual goals like me, great. If you don't, write down two or three things you want to accomplish this month and get started. Determine the next actions to advance those goals and then pick the ones that are most important, three to five at the most. And I try to go more toward three, the most important things to accomplish this week. Um, I, review, I review and remove the previous most important ones if they're no longer relevant. And then I go through and review all my tasks for the coming week and the projects. And then I review and pick my daily habits and I focus on one for the coming week. And then at the end, I review my calendar for the next 14 days and finally block any time that I need in the calendar where I can't do uh, anything else or I do need to work on something at a specific time. And I believe that if you will take the time to start the weekly review and use this as a starting point, that the time you'll invest in that review, you will make back during the week two or three fold in efficiency of knowing where you're going to go next and knowing how you're going to proceed. Because here's how most people approach their work and their lives is they sit down on a Monday morning, they open up their email box and they start reacting to it. And we all need to read email. We all need to tackle things that are coming our way and be responsive to people. But if that is how you run your life and your career, you will never make substantial progress forward on the things that are most important to you. And that's why I want for you to invest in you this week. Not long, 
30 minutes. Invest in you to do that weekly review. Think about where you're going in advance and what's next. And that way, when you sit down at that workstation on Monday or you walk into that client meeting on Tuesday afternoon or you're with your family on Saturday, you know exactly what's next on your list. And when you're not working, that you have peace of mind, that you know everything's tracked and you know what's next on your list the minute you pick it up again. And if you can do that, you will have more productivity in your life and you will have more peace while you're doing it. And I hope that you will jump onto the show notes and download this guide. It will be up there at coachingforleaders.com slash 180. And it also will be in the weekly leadership guide this week. So check that out at coachingforleaders.com slash 180. And if you want to join the conversation, maybe you have a practice that you do each week or on a regular basis that is helpful to you in being able to make the most of your efficiency. I hope that you'll share it with us up there at the link and join the conversation. And if you have a comment or question or feedback for a future Q&A show, and by the way, the next one's coming up, episode 182 is going to be on presentation skills. Go ahead and direct your browser over to coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. That's the best way to get there. And I hope uh, I hope we'll get a bunch of questions on presentation skills. I actually have a bunch of questions already, but please do submit your question for consideration because I would love to include it and consider it for that episode. Many of us who listen to the show do present, if not formally, informally on a regular basis, one-on-one with small groups at staff meetings. We need to get our ideas across. And so this is a forum for getting some new suggestions and ideas on how to do that effectively around presentations. And if it's related to presentations in any way, even if it's the technical stuff on computers and PowerPoint and visual aids, feel free to, to throw it in there and we will certainly share our best thoughts we have on that and resources. And while you're online, I hope you'll take a moment to join my weekly leadership guide. The leadership guide is delivered to your inbox each Wednesday and it includes my thoughts and recommendations on the best articles, podcasts, videos, and books to support your development between shows. This past week, it was five leadership books that you might have missed. So go back and check that out. It's on the coachingforleaders.com website and uh, just giving you more resources beyond the the book list that I normally send to folks. So uh, all kinds of new things coming in those weekly leadership guides. And it also always includes a brief overview and the link to link to the full weekly show notes. So if you listen on the go, that'll help you to follow up later on the resources that I mentioned in each show and that guests mention as well. And so I want to say a big thank you to the following people who have joined the weekly leadership guide in this past week. And it's a lot of people. So thank you in advance. Uh, to Aaron Shelby, Carlos Pillay, Helmuth Wise Jr., Ricky Hummel, Lisa Beals, Jennifer James, Shanika Booker, Ashley Scott, Billajo Jerry, hope I said that right, Nancy Chen Lane, hi Nancy, good to hear from you, Rafael Gonzalez, Jesus Mendoza, Angel Romero, Whitney Raditz, Eni Josiah, Tomas Wajawadka. Oh, I didn't get that anywhere close, Tomas. Uh, Wajawodka. I, I'm 
not good. Email me. Let me know how to pronounce it, Tomaz. I'll get it right next time. Jennifer Hindley, Eric Williams, David Wizor. David, thanks for the email as well. Sven Van Horbeck, Mark Burke, Rick Pillay, Victor Gonzalez, and Jim Keith, Tiffany Lamiel, Melissa Cade Garcia, Bill Sickenberger, Linda Snell, D. Mullen, Odia Myra, Urza Wall, Blaine Anderson, Victor Catelli, Jacob Stockmall, Ben Crocker, Stephanie Sergova, Steve Young, Sonia Kitchens, Praveen Dalla, Vincent Harnrick, Heather Porter, Daniel Fondren, Lori Hernandez, Lucy Lee, and Karsten Tan. Thank you so much to all of you for joining the weekly leadership guide. And if you join as well, you'll get immediate access to my reader's guide that lists the 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others with brief summaries from me on the value of each book. Download it. It's an 11-page guide and a nine-minute video that goes along with that, uh, plus insights on the two books I relied on weekly. I mentioned one of them in this show, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, a great book if you haven't read it. You can get all of that at coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. That's a lot of stuff, coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. And also a big thank you this week to the person on iTunes that is named SB386. What a great name. Hey, it says, I'm going to read this review to you because it so made me smile. Uh, this person says, I am a new leader, and this podcast was suggested by my family doctor. <laughs> I explained how stressed I was over my new position, and he told me about it. I appreciate the advice. I need it dearly. Well, hey, thank you so much for writing the review. I am so grateful. And thank you to who your family doctor is, <laughs> if you're listening, for passing along the show during the appointment. What a what a neat thing to do and a great example of one of the things you can do to help grow this community. Certainly write a review if you would like to, but also to let someone know about this as a resource that would benefit from it. If you know someone that is a deer in headlights right now and is not getting the things done they want to do, share this episode with them. Use this as a starting point to help them get value from this resource. And I look forward to talking with you again next week. Bye.